Welcome to Tech Breakfast, today's top headlines served hot by your host Aaron Bewley and Tyler Gates. So grab your coffee and let's get into it. All right, today is Friday, May 8th, and don't forget your mama. It's Mother's Day on Sunday here in the U.S., friends. Today on the show, we've got Tony Reeves. How you doing, buddy? Good. How you doing, Aaron? Long time no see. Pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not been bad. It's not been bad. You already uh, own and operate your own podcast, so this is nothing new to you. Right. Give, us a, give us a little plug right out of the gate for you. Yeah, I'm co-host with Britton Johnson for the GigaCast, uh, just a virtualization podcast, and we've been doing it for about three years and really enjoy doing that. And we've had you on the show several times, Aaron. Yeah, it's always fun. Always fun. Mm-hmm. I love those uh, long-form conversational types. It kind of gave birth a little bit to this too, right? It's just a little bit shorter, but conversational, talking mm-hmm. about what's in the news and all that. So super fun. All right. What, uh, what news are y'all looking at today? So I know that you and I are both drone owners, and I'm a couple gens back from you, but I wanted to bring up the new Mavic Air 2 that just got launched. What was that, last week? So yeah. I, don't, I don't know if people are talking about that at all, but it looks like it has some cool features. Are you thinking about upgrading on that one? No, I won't. I'll wait till uh, this thing just either drops out of the sky into the lake or I run it into <laughs> a tree and I have to bury it uh, and then I'll go that route. But man, I, I love this. Uh, so I've got the Mavic Air, uh, the original, and I think mm-hmm. what you're talking about is the Mavic Air 2 that just got released. So. Correct. Yeah, it's got some updated cameras, um, updated battery time, right? I can typically get about 20 minutes on the original. This new one touts like 33 minutes or something like that. Um, Slightly better video capture features. I typically enjoy flying more for just the flight part. So the extra HDR capability, panoramic, you know, et cetera, doesn't really matter to me. But, Mm -hmm. um, But yeah, are you looking at getting it? I'm not. Uh, I actually, I didn't have as much time to use my Mavic Pro as I thought I would. And it's, it's sat mostly idle, sorry to say, for the last three years. Um, I took it with me to uh, VMworld a couple times and got some cool footage out at Red Rock Canyon out in Vegas awesome. and, and some other things. I wanted to take it on a trip to Zion, but unfortunately it was banned there because that was a national park. But um, I've got some good footage with it out in Vegas and a little bit around here in Wisconsin. I mean, there's not ton of stuff to do in terms of like really cool landscape feature things that I like to film but yeah like you I like flying it as well have you ever had any kind of a uh, a scare on the return to home with yours uh I mean I you know me and my personality I like to push it uh <laughs> so yeah sometimes I've uh you know I've been out there and my kids have been standing under it and it's you know blaring at me like beep 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 as it's coming out of the sky I'm like okay get away because this thing may just drop <laughs> and i'm trying to bring this it down is why as i don't as own I a drone because yeah. i would i would absolutely overdo that uh yeah <laughs> i i i was following you the very first time you drove a motorcycle on the highway i was like this dude is insane <laughs> that's scary oh man the drones would be bad for my pocketbook Yeah. Well, and dji just came out with the new matrix 300 rtk and if you can believe these stats, up to 55 minutes of flight time with hot swappable wow. batteries, right? You don't even have to turn it off and disconnect all that kind of stuff. You land it, swap out the battery. Uh, obviously, there's two of them, I would imagine, or more uh, for it to maintain power. But you can operate it up to 15 kilometers away. So that's 9.3 miles, which is incredible. 
I've flown the Mavic Air 2, or sorry, the Mavic Air I have rather, uh, over a mile away, which is wild. I cannot imagine flying something like that nearly 10 miles away. It's insane. That's I mean, crazy. think about that, right? It'll go up to 52 miles an hour, right? And so and this, wow. is a, this is an industrial, you know, but 52 miles an hour, it'll go over four miles up, right? And if you Whoa. think about the levels of wow, atmosphere, yeah, so the troposphere is the, the level that we live in, which goes up to 6.2 miles. So that's about 33,000 feet. Where our, So uh, passenger jets fly like just outside the troposphere because of the way that the stratosphere works with air and all that. It gets smoother up there. But uh, we're getting close to you going and buying a drone that you can punch out of the troposphere into the stratosphere, <laughs> which is just insane. I would imagine you'd have to have special certification. You'd have to have your drone. What do they call that? Uh, oh, for sure. Drone pilot's license and special permits to go. That yeah, way, I'm sure it's regulated. But man, just yeah. to live in this age where I could just go on the internet and buy something and send really? it four and a half miles up in the air. Cool. It's insane. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's all kinds of like balloon stuff that you can do and all that. But moving forward on stats here, uh, it's got an IP45 rating, which... Uh, do, do you do y'all know how the IP rating works or what it is? I wasn't that that sure this morning and did some research on it. I don't Ingress I don't know protection. all the details. Um, I I know there's some stuff there. Seven is like it, but... flashlights and phones, that kind of stuff. But I yeah heard of yeah. So that high. you'll see phones that are like IP you know sixty eight or whatever, right? Mm -hmm. So that first digit is for solids, and the second digit is liquids. I didn't know that. Oh. I didn't know that, I didn't know that either. Yeah, cool. and so that had me looking up. Okay, what's the IP rating of a human? <laughs> <laughs> which Tyler and I got into, into uh, discussing on Twitter this morning. And I say it's, it's uh, IP04 because we can't really handle the ingress of solids. You know, I, and I made an argument about getting a sharp stick. Know, poked I eat solids eye. every day. <laughs> right? Yeah, you're ingressing solids. That's, that's where I'm, I'm wondering, like, what, what is the rule for that, right? Like, I, I, don't, I don't collapse or die in a fire if something goes through my hand. I prefer it not to happen, and it's not very pleasant in general. But I'm not out of commission for it. Is that, is that still a loss? Is it a zero? Yeah, well, I think the way that they rate it is, you know, maintaining significant um, functionality. So, yeah, maybe you can get by yeah. with, you know, at least a one. taking a log through the leg. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> I'd say we're pretty well compartmentalized. There are definitely areas. That's, and that's where the question was. Like, okay, I mean, if I got a rebar through some parts of my body, I'd be fine. Other parts, not so much. So is it, is it a blanket? Like you have to be able to take a, you know, a rebar through every part? Because then, yeah, I'll, I give it to you. Yeah, I think it's to not lose <laughs> significant functionality, right? And then so the, the liquids we do pretty good at up until – so zero is not protected. One is dripping water. Two is dripping water when tilted at up to 15 degrees. Three is spraying water at any angle up to 60 degrees. Uh, four is splashing water. We're fine there. Jumping to five is water jets. So water projected by a nozzle against you know whatever right and then powerful water jets and then you get into does it talk about yeah well how powerful is a, a level five water jet right because i mean you go to a, a 60 000 water PSI. park and you're going to get a pretty decent push of pressure but you know you probably go up to level six and it would just cut us in half because we're you know pretty soft and squishy yeah water jets are pretty cool it, it doesn't say the psi but it says the size of the nozzle so like 6.3 millimeters or 12.5 mil anyway whatever i think we'd be fine i i take i'm taking a five I'll go one okay. five. Okay. 
I mean, obviously, water jets uh, that that can get pretty significant pretty fast, right? I mean, that's yeah. the water jet cutting. It's literally little particulates in the water and and you know moving at supersonic speeds to cut metals. So yeah. I'm not going to sign up for that. But uh, I, I I have fun with super soakers, and that technically counts. Oh, as super jet, So come on, yeah. When I think uh, I've known some people that have some phones that are IP68 rated, and that's the highest you can go, right? 68. And well, that's uh, definitely it, not a water jet cutting apparatus, then. So if if a yeah, when they say high pressure, clearly they're not talking about that, which isn't surprising, by the way. But yeah, I, I've got to assume if my phone can handle whatever that that water that's jet a is good point. on the lower end of the spectrum, we're probably fine. Yeah, it's just like you know, kind of forced entry and whatnot. But anyway. Um, that was a fun rabbit hole. Uh, <laughs> I kind of want to talk more about atmospheres and uh, ingress protection ratings. But what else, y'all? What else are y'all looking at? Ooh, ooh, I got a, I got a fun one that'll drag uh, one of Tony's other hobbies into the mix, um, oh. and one that I share with him: three D printing. Right? Um, I stumbled upon a fun article, which I, I think I have not gotten to finish reading, but I caught just a snippet right at the beginning that was so exciting. Somebody was going through the thought experiment. It reminded me of uh, the XKCD author and his like thing explainer books and stuff like that. But he basically said, "What would it take to three D print a one to one scale Death Star?" And, and I like immediately what? just saw that headline. I was like, <laughs> I have to know more, right? But I found this just a few minutes ago. Anyways, in the first section, it's just talking about, you know, it's kind of, it's a Fermi problem. So you're talking about, you know, uh, astronomical scales. So think mm-hmm. equations where it's a, a number to the power of 15. So you just have zeros out the wazoo, really difficult to wrap your head around. Like how much water is in gallons is floating around in the sky and all around all of earth right now that's a, a fermi equation so you have to think like well what's the average water density of a cloud what's the you know usual cycle blah 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 anyway so he starts going through it and he gets into some of the details and he's just saying you know the largest building in the world the what is it the i'm sure i'm gonna butcher the burj khalifa right so he was talking about yeah, how many you know, how many how many million square kilometers of material um are are or the volume of that building is and he is talks it the about largest or the tallest the tallest i think tallest. sorry um and uh anyway so he got down to it and his estimate was that uh if you're using abs filament um which has a, a standard density of 1.8 grams per centimeter cubed right you would need 97 quadrillion 743 trillion kilograms of filament to print a one-to-one death star um, which is just a fun just number. I think yeah. <laughs> it calls over. 90 what? Quadrillion? 97 quadrillion 743 trillion kilograms. That's uh, what? One, two, three, six. Oh, and you had to end it in oh. kilograms. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I would have got it if you said add, pounds. Add a few it totally would have made right? sense to me. See, now the next question is how long would that take to print? I think he gets into that. And this is where <laughs> I haven't. It, was moti- it is. It's literally the next section. So. Uh, most 3D printers can print at a speed of 24 millimeters per second. Um, that would take more than, oh my gosh, you didn't put it in words. That is, let's see, 100,000 million billion, 119 trillion 572 billion years. Wow. <laughs> so that reminds me, I saw somebody built a system of gears that gets exponent. So the first one does a full rotation and then the next oh, one yeah. turns by one degree. Or something um, like there's that, a right? word for that there um it, it's like the infinity gears or something yeah, or like the orbital the gears millennial or gear like 
Plants yeah, there you gears? go. Millennial gears. Millennial Maybe that's gears. what it is. Yeah, I think that's right. He, yeah. he built something and so started cool. it, and like the Earth won't exist by the time the last gear would even turn a degree. It's he moves insane. A single thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I remember seeing that. That was a while ago. We'll have to look that article up and read some more details about it. But I remember running into that probably I don't know six to twelve. Yeah, that was ago. cool. That's Our so sun cool. will explode before that thing um, right. gets the last gear turning. It's the heat death <laughs> of the universe. Right. It's Searching for millennium gear gives a double layer washable stylus face mask with filter. That's uh, probably oh, not uh, I think if you search it. for Thanks, anything, Google. you're going to get, get face mask. <laughs> How to make a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Sounds yeah, like we'll you look it up. We'll have mask. to correct the name of that. Maybe, maybe somebody listening can uh, hit us up on Twitter and tell us how wrong, how very, very wrong we were. All right. Other things in the news. I saw Keybase was acquired by Zoom. Uh, I'm curious what y'all think on that. I read a bunch of different opinions on it, but what do you, what do you guys think? Or do you I have an even, opinion on it? I don't even know what Keybase is. So yeah, I'm, I'm not going to lie. Keybase is foreign to me. Um, yeah. I, I so so okay. Keybase, just reading the the intro from the wiki entry here it's a key directory that maps social media identities to encryption keys in a publicly auditable manner also offers an end-to-end encrypted chat and cloud storage system uh, they've got keybase chat and keybase file system uh, so i mean my quick take on it if you guys don't have anything um, i am very impressed with zoom's level of commitment to security in this mm-hmm. responses wicked fast yeah, so the callouts and the issues that they had, they came out with 5.0. We talked about that, you know, one of the episodes, I think last week or something. Uh, we don't have to rehash all the things they added, but to see them take that extra step forward and, and acquire uh, something like Keybase, which is highly respected in the industry, it's cool. It's good, good to see. So I like this. That's, that's a great response. I like this snippet from their FAQ page. How in the world did you do an M&A deal during a pandemic? Answer. <laughs> Answer using Zoom. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I Zoom. It's interesting to see them in the news. Obviously, we use it as a platform. I I am fond of it over a lot of other um, video conferencing applications, just for yeah. ease of use. And and some of the advanced features are interesting. But really, it just boils down to nine out of ten times, it's going to work and work easily for me. Um, I have fewer audio issues on Zoom than I do on most of the other uh, sharing apps. And some of that's just device stuff. It's You can fix it, but it's just out of the box. Zoom seems to pick the right devices for me and do a pretty good job of dealing with it, whereas uh, some of the other players are a mess, so I'm a fan. But um, I ran into something else from them. This isn't exactly a news article, but it was the first time I saw it. I think it was Ars Technica actually did a Zoom live stream on Twitter. Um, which was an integration I didn't know existed. And uh, yeah, I shared it with you, Bealy, but I, yeah, I was just like, I well, that. that's that's actually kind of cool. So tell me what you saw there. I, I didn't get a chance to look into it. So and, what does and it I do? I didn't get to dig into it too much, but I saw it and and it was, I mean, well done on the, I guess, the advertising or, or product placement perspective. But as I was flicking through my feed, there was an Ars Technica live stream on Twitter that was a Zoom session. So it just had, you know, a little Zoom down in the corner and they were just, you know, talking about something. I, it was on mute. I think it was on a call when I saw it, but um, I just thought, oh, that's that's kind of cool. You can yeah. stream a Zoom call through Twitter, which I mean, has interesting applications, right? Yeah, yeah I didn't, didn't even know you could do that. That's kind of handy. Yeah, me neither. Thought it was cool. So I guess it begs the question, and you even asked me, and I'm curious if our listeners think it would be helpful. Uh, I tend to think, man, let's just stick with the podcast version, but should we 
live stream it to Twitter? You know, I, I mean, would, that's a it's a great question, right? Let's the the few folks that are listening to us on a regular basis, would you be interested at all in sort of watching the kerfluffle that is us doing the video <laughs> version of this before it gets cleaned up and, and podcastized, right? I, I think it would end up being multi-format. I wouldn't want it to yeah. be this personally. I wouldn't want it to be a, a video stream and that's the goal. I like it as a podcast. Yeah, but, me too. Uh, that cool was to my vote. People's thoughts were. Yeah. Maybe it's something you guys, as you get more polished and more used to doing this, you could maybe take that on in the future, but it's offensive. What are you trying to say? I'm extremely offensive. You're a, offensive. You're a noob. <laughs> yes, noob. No, for sure. I wonder. I wonder. Like, watch all, all of our uh, our guests lined up are going to be like, "I'm out. I'm not streaming my Zoom session at eight o'clock in the morning." Right? <laughs> Crusties right. coming out of the eyes. Is there anything else major in the news today that we haven't already covered? I saw some cool stuff. I don't know if it's major. Um, I I saw something else that caught me off guard and thought was super cool. I I try to at least just on the surface, I like to see what's going on with all the deep fake stuff, you know, so being able to do video audio using machine learning to like replace features and stuff. Um, I think it's really neat to see that in video. It's also absolutely horrifying you know, just to, to watch what people are able to do, especially if they dedicate a long enough period of time and have enough stock, you know, you really can't tell the difference. So there's a lot of uh, funny ones, right, where they're injecting actors uh, into other movies, and yeah. it's kind of fascinating to see their voice, their face, and uh, and well done, right? So there's a new app called uh, du Double the Cat, I think. I, I don't actually know if I'm pronouncing that right. Double, but cat? it superimposes it? faces on a popular GIFs. What? Wait, what did you call GIFs? it? Double cat? GIF? GIF? Double cat? Yeah. It's double D O D D O U B L and then I cat I C A T. Oh, double double okay. cat. So, um, anyways, I, like, how fun is that? It's I mean, sure, it's stupid. The idea is just it's a popular meme, but all of a sudden it's got your face on it. Like, I'm gonna look into this. I'm I'm totally gonna try to figure out how to put my face on something stupid. Yeah, that sounds just fun. To me. More ways to make fun of Russ. <laughs> I mean, it makes sense. <laughs> Uh, I would think I would think the Twitter community, especially the, the IT one that we're part of, that is so fond of using, um, you know, gifts in response to stuff. Yeah. That that they would have a good time, you know, imposing probably somebody else's face versus their own. Adds another layer to memes and stuff. Right. Right. Did you speaking of putting somebody else's face on somebody else? Did you guys see that tweet from? Uh, Amy Lewis the other day. Yes. And then Jad. Yes. That was, <laughs> that was awesome. <laughs> I laughed so hard when I'll I saw that. I'll take your stats. That was a spit your coffee out on the keyboard moment for me. Yeah. For yep. sure. Yep, pretty <laughs> much. It was too good. I got, a, I got a good laugh out of that. Yeah. It was that, very good. That was very, well played. Well played, Jad. <laughs> Did you guys uh, see um, or hear yeah. about the Facebook bug? that took down a bunch of other yeah. apps on the iOS platform. Uh, I don't, I don't run iOS devices, so I didn't experience this, but I saw it creep up in a lot of my feeds. What are, what's your take on that? Yeah, I'd like to look into it. The, the SDK, so the Facebook SDK had issues and I guess it took down TikTok and something else. I took down a few. Um, let's see, where was that? Uh, I took down uh, Spotify, TikTok. Uh, and I think there's at least How? another one, but that's a, I, in, I, I started to, to dig into it a little bit. That's another one. I didn't get to finish reading the whole article, but um, apparently it was a simple, just whatever SDK element expected a, a simple yes, no response and it spit out something different and it just broke stuff. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> 
Maybe. If, if anyone's listening and they understand the software development kit, which is what SDK stands for, sorry, I try to be aware of um, using acronyms and whatnot on the show. But if anyone understands how that might have happened or how that worked and they want to come on the show and explain it to yeah, us and the rest of the viewers, yeah. please join us. But that's in, very interesting. Um, I, I think what, what caught me off guard with that one is just the, the idea that apps are interconnected enough that Facebook's yeah. SDK would break other platforms. Now, I mean, I get it, right? Some between certain platforms, you want some of those integrations, but that's actually really interesting maybe, to me. Maybe it's the, well, sorry, I don't want to just speculate again. I hate doing that. But my, my brain first jumped to maybe it's the login stuff with Facebook, right? Maybe. People that choose to log into apps with Facebook rather than logging in with their own email or something. Yeah, that mm. could be. I don't know, but yeah, I don't we'll know how to, to take we'll them. Have to dig into it, bring it back anyway. up. And yeah, it'd be fun if somebody really knows what's going on there. To... I also saw Samsung is launching a physical debit card for its mobile payment device. For Samsung Pay? That seems like yep. a step backwards. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Apple did the same thing, right? For places right. that don't take uh, Apple yeah. Pay. They, they, right? they want your credit card, card spend. So if there's a, another simple or widely available form factor to get that there. Yeah. Almost certainly going. To I just hope they don't build out. it as fragile as Apple built their credit card. <laughs> like, you have to keep it, you know, hermetically sealed, <laughs> carried around in like its own bag. Oh, the titanium card. <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Whatever it is, the Apple pay card, you like can't touch it and you it, it can't touch like jeans or something. I don't know. It's weird. And you mean kind of like the AirPods case? my blue AirPods case that formerly was white. <laughs> oh. oh, really? Man, what yeah. is it? With it, the it absorbed case. a lot of color from my jeans. Yeah. yeah. I, I've got the color thing, not as bad, but the amount of lint that works its way into that case oh, is, yes. you know, like, talk about IP. Very annoying. Fail. Well, there, and there's little magnets inside version? the lid as well. <laughs> mm -hmm. So the whenever what? it pulls shut, I mean, you can see it on the, well, whatever. Yeah. I mean, the, it's the listeners little. can't see it, so whatever. <laughs> but no, yeah, my, mine's like filthy in there, and there are lots of little gaps that are really hard to clean. Mm -hmm. And then the stain makes it, even if you can get the stuff out, the stain just stays there. It's, and then it's your earwax and just... Oh, yeah. stop. Particularly your earwax. <laughs> oh, this is a breakfast show. Let's let's tone that down. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. So cut, that I have, out. cut that out. I have one more thing that I wanted to give a shout out to. So yeah. There's, there's a popular uh, CAD CAM application out there, it's a SAS application for doing uh, like machining and CNC work and, and 3D design called uh, Fusion 360, if you're not familiar yeah. with it, uh, by Autodesk. And I've been using that. I, I worked with that a lot when I was during my layoff period, when I was trying to learn, keep my brain active and, and, and learning things. Nice. And, really wanted to learn that platform to be able to print my own stuff instead of always going to Thingiverse and all of those other yeah. websites and pulling other people's designs. And so I started learning it. And the really cool thing about that is it's free for non-commercial use normally. Mm -hmm. uh, but I wanted to give a, a special shout out to Autodesk on their page. I just saw this article that they're actually giving it away free for commercial use even until the end of the month in response oh, really? to COVID. So oh, that I, is cool. I think that's kind of a pretty cool community thing that they're doing there. I'm a big fan of Fusion 360. I think Autodesk obviously has a long history of uh, CAD CAM mm -hmm. capabilities, right? Fusion 360 is, um, it, it's easy to use. It's comprehensive in, in its use case. And I'm sure there's stuff I'm not using in it for sure. But, oh, yeah. um, you know, my, my history with CAD CAM was with Katia, which is definitely not really designed for home users, right? It's, it's heavily used in the aerospace industry. So when I went uh, private and was doing stuff 
just like you were talking about with 3D printing, um, I, I kind of got down a Fusion 360 or SketchUp. Um, mm -hmm. SketchUp, you know, obviously, I think it was bought by Google, but then I want to say it was spun back out, or at least a big part of it was. And I know folks that do SketchUp, and I've seen some really cool things. Uh, so when I was trying to make that decision, um, I ended up using Fusion 360 because it was a little bit more familiar to me. Um, but that's that's great. I've been using their their free license, and I think it's always been free to educators too, which is great. Yep. Students and educators can can get a free license as well. So that's I think that's cool. Yeah. Let's give a shout really out like that software. In VR news, it looks like if they add haptic feedback to the head device, it can significantly reduce discomfort related to smooth locomotion in VR. Really? Yeah, I never thought about adding haptic feedback to your head to help with that feeling, you know, of like, you know, there's a flying game and you land suddenly, but you don't, you know. Yeah, that's, that's actually really, really kind of cool, especially because you said haptic feedback and all I can imagine is my hands vibrating, right? Like, right, now your head. Traditional console video game playing. Like I can't actually imagine the sensation of haptic feedback on my head. Yeah, well, they're saying so. The haptics were synchronized to virtual footsteps to offer a stand-in cool. stimulus for the sensations associated with real walking, right? Yeah. That's actually pretty cool. That is really cool. Yeah, I've got a, uh, got a Valve Index, and I do uh, simulator flying, and I do VR in that, and I also do some road racing with a set of Corsa, and I use that with VR sometimes too. And what can happen sometimes, flying doesn't seem to be as much of an issue for me, but racing, if I go like doing a power slide around a corner, Sometimes that sensation, your brain thinks you're doing it, your chair is not moving, and you like get a split second of vertigo. It doesn't happen all the time, but every once in a while, I think that could uh, potentially help with that. Yeah, that's really. Cool. We we need also, a haptic chair so like you feel the oh, vibration yeah. of the road. No way, you something. need one of those like I need a full sim rig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I need a full baby steps. <laughs> okay, full sim rig. <laughs> no, uh, uh just get into it. <laughs> they have one hey, that Tony, I love it. You like all of your hobbies just make me jealous. That's fantastic. <laughs> not that I couldn't get into them. Obviously, three D printing, I'm there. But you like when you're not flying drones, you're in a flight simulator in like a, in a completely immersive. Uh, virtual reality environment and then when you're done with that you hop off and you pull your totally amazing print volume off of your new 3d printer like i want your life <laughs> <laughs> my wife says i have way too many hobbies <laughs> that's the right way to do it man i well, oh yeah i say it just because i'm the same way i'm just always interested in learning more and trying more so exactly got to keep yeah. moving and I, and I don't i don't stay focused on one hobby for too long either yeah, I have that problem, but uh, the one that I've been getting into the most lately is, and I, I guess this is a forever hobby for me, just building stuff. I'm always building something, especially mm -hmm. woodwork. I love power tools. Yeah, I've been actually enjoying following your little building project there and your wood storage and everything on Twitter. Yeah, that was a fun one. I, so it, I've been getting more questions. Like they say, oh, did you build that to plans? And I, I don't know. I mean, I get that. I get that sentiment, but I tend to just find something on YouTube, watch somebody make it once, and then go do it. So do you like actually do woodworking? Like I, I, yeah, wood yeah, some for sure. Yeah. Um, oh, I, cool. I just, in fact, I'm, I've taken to the hobby in such a way where my goal is to build out sort of my ideal workshop mm -hmm. and then start doing stuff with that workshop, which is backwards, but I, I think I like that part better. I did the same thing when I was into brewing. I spent more time building out my beer delivery system than I did brewing beer. 
because <laughs> kegging was fun and building kegerators was interesting and, and all of that stuff. So I'm doing the same thing with woodworking. I definitely work on stuff. I fix things a lot, right? Yep. But I, I have this vision for my workshop. And the first step for that was to clear out my garage, which is why the shed was built. <laughs> yep. So oh, someday I'm, I'm I want to build a, someday I want to build a wood shed or a wood workshop off the back of the garage and replace where my woodshed is right now. And I've, Ever since high school shop class, man, I've always loved working with metal, metalworking and That's cool. woodworking. I don't have any space. That. I have one half of a two-guard garage. That's all I get. So I'm, mm. I'm having to do some crazy modular stuff. And your half and is the quarter on each side because your wife parks right in the middle. Much. <laughs> all right. I think that about wraps us up on time here. Uh, Tony, hit us up again. Tell us where your, uh, your blog is, how we can listen to your podcast, how we follow you on Twitter. Sure. Um, at Twitter, I'm at import car guy. Uh, blog is digitalvspace.com and podcast is available. It's the GigaCast. It's available on all major platforms. Uh, we should be on iTunes, Spotify, all that stuff. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, Tony. That brings Appreciate another you. episode of Tech Breakfast podcast to a close. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. And as always, if you've got anything that we missed, general feedback, or you want to come join us on the show, please reach out, subscribe to us, listen to us, um, and uh, bring, bring your uh, opinions strongly. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much.